This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. We're on. It's okay. Oh, there we are. Okay. I'm <laughs> banging the button. You know, a little light has gone out here. That's what it is. Justin, who is in the uh, room today uh, with all the controls, Charlie, uh, yeah, he's clearly he's looking look at me at... going, go, go. You're yeah, right. <laughs> he's looking after us. Well, it's, we have to make a little report, I guess, a fault report to the engineer saying, replace that light. Well, hey, good morning, uh, Charlie Dobbin. How are you? I am Frank Proctor, and I am fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, got a little bit of snow coming down, but isn't it weird to think, uh, I think we had a temp of something like minus five out there. It's or, not, yeah, it's not that cool. No. Sorry, it's not super cold. I no. guess it's going to get cold again yeah. tomorrow but, or but tonight. The thing is that we look at a day like today and go, wow, ever balmy. Yeah, it's After only we've been minus 10 or yeah, 15 that's... or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's uh, gone down as the coldest Feb so far. But you know what? You bring up a really good point, and I was just hearing something on the radio, and it's, it is really, really relevant. This cold weather now at this time of year is really, really hard on, on the wildlife. Because they've already been through so much winter and their fat stores and their, you know, ability to Mm -hmm. cope has been depleted. And now we're getting towards the end of winter and it's just so cold. And, of course, the ground is frozen and there's snow everywhere. So it's one of those be alert. And if you have a bird feeder, keep it full, you know. Like feed those birds. Those guys need that food. They really need it. It's because it's just so late in the season and there is just nothing for them to eat. So uh, if you don't have a bird feeder, Consider getting one because I, I tell you, I my back garden is a. It's amazing. I, well, I've seen it. And yeah, it is. It's you alive. Have birds galore. Yeah, there. lots of birds. I've said and it before. Happy. And I'll say it again. Charlie Dobbin is for the birds, and I'm <laughs> telling you. Anyway, hey, you know what? Yes. I didn't even tell the folks what this is. It's the garden show. It is uh, not the bird show, but the garden show. Well, but it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little circle of life, Correct. as it were, okay? We could sing. But i got to give out the phone numbers sure. so we can, you know, get folks online to ask and uh, questions of you and maybe even make a comment or two, okay? Mm-hmm. okay? So if you're in the Toronto area, here's the number to call to reach Charlie Dobbin on AM740, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And, of course, our mantra is call early, call often, one question per call. And I monitor that very carefully. Mm-hmm. And first-timers, let Justin know if you indeed are a first-time caller because you'll get the little ring of the bell. Garden wings. You'll yeah, get the get, wings. Get your wings. That's Just right. like Clarence. Of course. Uh-huh. Okay, so if this weather's getting you down, this mm-hmm. cold and this continuing oh, snow, yeah. remember, you can get out there and beat the winter blues at the Toronto Botanical Gardens annual open house, which is all day today. Opens at 10 o'clock, right through till 4. 
completely free, free parking. Go on in there. There's displays. There's garden advice. There's talks going on. There's demonstrations. There's floral design competition. There's lunch in the cafe. There's vendors with cool stuff to sell. Obviously, there's artisans. The garden shop is open. Lots going on at TBG. So if you don't don't let this get you down. You know, right. spring is coming. The days are definitely getting longer. Hey. And so, good spot to, to go if you need that to was, get out. By the way, uh, Charlie and I took off after the show uh, last week, and literally took we, off. Yeah, boom! Out, <laughs> out there to the uh, TBG, yep. and um, the Orchid Show. The Orchid Show, and Terry Kennedy gave us a tour, and I had the real pleasure of saying hi to a neighbor I haven't seen in forty years or better, actually. Really, that long? Yep. Out in Goodwood, Peter and Inga Poot. Who uh, are real orchids. Orchid. Oh, beautiful orchids People. they have. And yeah. for years they've been doing well, I knew they, they did that when we lived out there. Yeah. So it was nice to touch bases uh, with Peter. I didn't see Inga. She was off somewhere else. But, uh, I think she was judging or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was some pretty phenomenal orchids oh, there incredible, and on display. Incredible. Beautiful do you know what? Stuff. We better get moving along. Do you All have right. one more thing you want to get in there? Or May I? Yeah. Okay, it's your show. Thanks. Uh, <coughs> March 7th. So that would be uh, like a schmear, whatever that is, two weeks from today, I believe. The London Middlesex Master Gardeners are presenting the, their eighth annual CD Saturday. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Saturday, March the 7th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Carling Heights Optimist Community Center, which is at 656 Elizabeth Street in London, Ontario. My Ad- hometown. Admission is $5. Yeah. <clears throat> but this is a great event to gather catalogs, buy mm-hmm. seeds, swap seeds. You'll find all kinds of like unique varieties, organic varieties. Vendors are there with lots of cool garden tools. And uh, so, again, good spot to go for meeting fellow gardeners, Getting some hold of some great seeds and potentially other cool tools that you might need to uh, need for your gardening. Okay, I know that you've got other uh, items to mention, but we'll try and I squeeze do. those in as we get along because we're just running a little behind here. And I know that Dorothy, Betty, and uh, Innes uh, are waiting on the line, so we'll get to all of those callers and more after these words here at AM seven forty Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. You're uh, with us here today on this Saturday. A little bit of snow out there, and I just got to give a quick shout out to a terrific you guy that we. Do this. I know, but uh, we promised. True, we promised. Heinz Ernstberger, uh, who is a uh, Richmond Hill resident and is and a, a keen orchidist. Absolutely. So Heinz, it was a delight meeting you, my friend. Thank you very and much. And I wish you were here right now to help me with our first caller. Okay. Oh yeah, Dorothy in Toronto. Um, Orchid given on Valentine's Day. How do we take care of it? Well, let's see what happens. First of all, welcome to the show, uh, Dorothy. Good morning. Uh, As I said, I was given the orchid plant because I killed the one I got last year. (laughs) Well, it happens. And uh, it's the watering. Uh, I noticed that uh, there's a very thin uh, cover inside the plant. Mm -hmm. and uh, so when I water it, the water doesn't seem to soak up. Mm. And I don't know why, uh, if I'm supposed to water it from the top or from the bottom. So tell me, is is it got a flower on it? Oh, yes, it's got flowers on it. Nice. And they're, what color are they? Uh, sort of a pinky, a deep pink. 
Beautiful. Now, it, it, is it possible that that little cover you're talking about was put on f- so that when they were shipping that orchid and it was being transported, it was to help keep the orchid stable in the pot and the, the bark in the pot and that well, you should remove it, do you think? Or do you think you should just leave that alone, that cover? Well, the, the trouble is that it's uh, so uh, tight mm. inside the pla- uh, the the cover, mm. the, you know, and uh, it has holes in the bottom. Right. But, but the nice, it seemed to me you said, oh, sometime during the past year that you water it from the bottom. Well, you know, it's my favorite way to water an orchid is to actually immerse the entire plant into a bucket of water so that the whole pot goes under the water and air bubbles will come out of the pot because there are air spaces between all the, the soil or the bark. And once the bubbles all stop rising to the surface of this pail of water, then you lift the orchid out of the pail of water, let it drain in the sink, and then put it back to wherever you've got it located in your house. And that's the best way to water it, once a week. Oh, once a week. Wow, yeah. Because the directions say to keep it moist all the time. Right. So the but the thing is... It, you can't really keep it. You don't want to keep it wet. There's a difference between wet and moist. So by really thoroughly immersing it in water, you will give it such a good watering, it will maintain that moisture or should maintain it for, you know, roughly a week. It depends on the temperature you've got it in, the, your home temperature, and also how much sunlight it's being exposed to in terms of how quickly it would dry out. Oh. But but remember, there's a difference between moist and wet. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to keep it wet all the time. It does need to, to have some drying down, which is not to say you want it to turn into a little desert so it's super dry. But, but then again, you don't want to have it super wet all the time either. So if I put it in water now and let it sit for, say, four or five hours, would that be enough for a week? Okay, no, you wouldn't let it sit in water that long. As I said, you, you've, uh, if you wanted to fill a pail with some water... And you let that pail sit out overnight because you don't want to go directly into tap water with any plant, but particularly an orchid. You want it to be room temperature water that's been sitting out for at least 24 hours, that pail. Then you're going to immerse the plant. You're going to hold it right down with your hands under the water so the pot is under the water only until the air bubbles stop going to the surface. And then might be five minutes. You're oh, gonna, five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then you're going to take it out of the water, let it drain in the sink, and then back into the on the window ledge or wherever you've got it. Okay, Dorothy? Okay, okay. thank you very much. Thank Thanks you for calling, call. and uh, we'll be along to other callers uh, like Betty and uh, Ines, I believe. Is it Ines or Ines? Calling Ines. Uh, so you're gonna yeah, to we'll have her. to ask. But anyway, we have to take a little bit of a break now. Uh, I... I haven't done this in a while, nor have you, I don't believe, is uh, when we talk about Sierrasil, Mm -hmm. which we love to do on the show because it's a wonderful product, people will sometimes say, what the heck is it? Where does it come from? Well, here it is. The minerals present in Sierrasil include calcium, potassium, sodium, aluminum, phosphorus, magnesium, iron, manganese, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But it originates from a pristine hydrothermal mineral deposit in the U.S. Sierra Mountains. Mm -hmm. Discovered by a gold prospector many years ago, the mineral deposit has since been used regularly for its health properties by 
tens of thousands of Canadians. And it's a Canadian company yeah. located mm -hmm. in Vancouver. And the product is called Sierra Sill because right. of that source of this completely natural mineral supplement yep. that we take daily. It's little little pills, little capsules, three a day, and keeps the joints working. It keeps Ab them pain-free and working, which is great, yep. considering I'm going to be shoveling snow later today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> then there's that, right? Poor you. Oh dear, I wish I could help you. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. you could always come home for, for a little shovel. <laughs> anyway, check that out. Sierra yeah. Seal, it's available many, many places. And any of the good health food stores carry it. You can phone and talk to the people at Sierra Seal at one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasill.ca. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here welcoming Betty from Hamilton. Hi, Betty. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, I, before I forget, I want to tell you how much I enjoy your down-to-earth um, information, Charlie. Thank you. And I tried growing the um, tulips in, indoors. Mm -hmm. I put three in a pot, mm -hmm. and um, one of them, the tallest one is 12 inches, the next one is six, and the next one is only two. <laughs> well, so all they in have one. a lot of babies, so should I cut those babies off? Okay, so did the tulips flower? Excuse me? Did the tulips produce flowers? Not yet, no. I, and I did it in December when you told me. Okay. Did you give them a chill? Like, did they spend some time in the fridge? Yeah, they were down in my fruit cellar. Okay. And they were down there from, like, September till December? Like, no, did... well, you, we started them in December when you gave me the advice. Oh, okay. So you put them in the root cellar in December? Yeah, okay. in December. Yeah. And how long did you leave them in the root cellar? Well, I've just brought them up in oh. the last uh, oh, month or so, or maybe even less than that. Okay. Um, and I was wondering, should I leave them in the cooler area? Would they produce faster? Um, okay, so just to go backwards one step here. Okay. It, in order for them to produce flowers, yeah. those bulbs needed uh, the root cellar kind of conditions, so the cool temperatures, yeah. for a minimum of 10 weeks. Even and weeks. So even I, well, longer. it could have been that long. Okay, well, hopefully it was. And what will happen now is you brought them into the warmth. You've got them in the sun, I assume, a sunny window? Yes. Good. You watered when you brought them into the sunny location. Be yes. careful to not overwater. Right, I did that. Yeah, only water as necessary. Keep them in as bright a situation as you can. And keep them where? As, keep them in a bright Bright right. and yeah, sunny that's where spot. They are. Good. They, they face the west. Okay, so that's good. And you know what? Just remember to turn the pot every okay. day so that you try and balance the size of the plants. And okay. of course, you've got leaves now, and cross your fingers, flowers will come. How, how long? Uh, should be imminently. You should be able to look down actually into the center of the plant. Once those leaves start to come up, you should see a little uh, bud, flower bud, forming in the center. Okay, well, I had to put uh, support on it. It's just one of those twist ties. Did uh -huh. I let that go, and, and then I can look in and see better? Yeah, I would avoid staking if you can avoid it. Um, okay, just, so yeah. I'll get rid of the twist tie. Yeah, good idea. Okay. Right. Um, 
That's all the, that's all the that's time great. we have, unfortunately. Okay, well, that's fine then. Thank okay. you ever so much. Love thank, your show. Thank you. <laughs> thank Bye. you. Sorry to kind of push along there, but, uh, we, you know, with a run-on question. Again, bondage. Yeah. She's into bondage, bondage. for plants. <laughs> oh, my Seriously, God. my mom. Don't believe you. My mom would <laughs> do that. Every time a plant would start to kind of look, look like it needed a bit of support, she had twist ties and string and that's, everything was tied all over the place. It was like, oh, my goodness. You are listening to Charlie Dobbins' version of Fifty Shades of Grey right here for the garden. Fifty Shades of Gardening. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Bondage for plants, I'm telling oh, yeah. you. Uh, you know what? I'm sure nuts. that's what Betty had. She had to twist tie yeah. around yeah. the poor little tulip so that even if it wanted to put a flower up, it yeah. couldn't. Well, there you go. Anyway. Unbondage yourself. That's, that's what right. I say. Undo those twist yeah. ties. Now, I, I, I apologize if I uh, mess up on, on your name. Uh, Innes, thank you so much. Innes, welcome to the show from Stouffville. Oh, hello. Good morning. I can hardly hear you. Well, yeah, I don't know what the problem is. I think is. the same was with Betty, actually. Go ahead. You ask your question, and then if you like, you could hang up and turn up your radio. Oh, no, I can hear you better. Okay. Okay. I have a lemon tree. I've had it for years. Mm-hmm. And every year I get lemons. As a matter of fact, I have two nice yellow ones right now still there. And, uh, but when is the right time to trim that tree? Okay. Would you like to hang up the, f- the phone now and turn up your radio? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you do that, and I'll give you a second to do that, and then I'll answer your question. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, sometimes uh, this happens where uh, folks can't uh, hear. As well as yeah. we'd like them to. Yeah. I know. But and and this we're... is a good solution. Thank you. All right. So hopefully Innes is back. And lemon tree, good for you. A lemon tree with lemons. That's How hard. tropical That's is hard that? To do. And particularly on a snowy day, yeah. <laughs> be hanging out with your lemon tree. I like it. So good for you for getting to that point. When do you prune? Always remember as a rule of thumb, you will do your pruning when a plant is actively growing. So the active growth on all of our plants is just going to be kicking in in the next month or so as the days are getting longer the temperatures are rising plants are ready to go they love spring and early summer you get lots of growth in and that's when we typically do our pruning when, you know, when in doubt that's when we do our pruning otherwise we prune right after a plant flowers for the flowering purposes but of course lemon tree you don't want to prune it right after it flowers you won't get any fruit so that's why I would just concentrate on in the next month or so in March uh, anytime late March early April get out your, your sharp pruners and give that plant a, a proper shaping because yes they can get very dense and unhealthy as a result of it so you got to make sure there's good air circulation good sun pe- penetration into the plant and that it's got a good form and uh, yeah new, all kinds of new growth will come after you prune so remember try and envision where that new growth is going to be coming from so your pruning cuts make sense okay all right that's good there's that's the answer good. to the question there you go okay all righty you're listening to the gardening show my friends here on am 740 zoomer radio we're broadcasting live and direct from the zoomerplex in liberty village and let's welcome from vaughn clark on the line right now hi clark good morning well good morning charlie and frank how are you great how are you oh not so bad uh, by the way I, I love the show. There's so much good advice, even if it's not something uh, I need at the moment. I kind of file it away. So thank you very much. Oh, good. Good to hear. Um, my my situation is I have five lovely blue spruce trees. Mm-hmm. Um, they're up at about, oh, some of them are about close to 20 feet. Mm. Um, however, one of them, uh, about, oh, I guess three years ago, 
wasn't doing so well, and I, I think I made a mistake by trimming off the top four feet, but it was kind of rotten. Oh, okay. And now I'm waiting for, I think about a year ago, you told me there was going to be a, a oh, dominant branch. A new leader, yep. And I'm still kind of waiting for it. So I'm just wondering if there's something I can do to help it along, or, or what should I expect? So four, four years ago, you took off the top four feet. So if you look at it now, does it have a flat top, or is it like round? What does it look like at the top? It's, uh, it's more or less flat, and, and the branches right near the top are kind of brown, and mm. they don't look too healthy. Mm. And now there is one branch that is maybe about two feet from the top that looks like it's curling to face the sky. Mm-hmm. That happens. But, um, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it doesn't seem like anything like it's going to regain its peak. Well, I mean, it'll never be a proper pyramid with a central terminal leader because no matter what, like, no matter what branch becomes the new leader, it will not be in the center, right? It's going to be off-center. Okay. But it concerns me when, when you say that it isn't looking that great on the that you see some dead or, or disease or whatever at the top. Yeah. When you made that pruning cut, was it something where you climbed the tree to do it or did you do it from the ground with a with a long pole pruner? I uh, got up on a ladder and I uh, used a saw. Okay. So you were up close and personal to the to the tree trunk when you did that. Pretty that, close, yeah. Yeah, that pruning. So my one question, do you remember when you did that pruning, did you end up leaving like a completely flat top or did you make your saw cut on a bit of a diagonal? It was a Bit of a diagonal. Okay, I, I hope so. Just because it would always heal better with a bit of a diagonal, just because it will shed water when it rains or dew. Because we never want water sitting on an open wound. That's when rot sets in, and of course the rot will just start from the top and move its way down through the plant, ultimately oh, okay. killing it. It's not quite as. I mean, it's only a slight diagonal. It's. Yeah. You know, actually, I'm looking out the window at it now. It's. It's probably flatter than it is diagonal. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, and this is a pretty important tree to you, obviously. You love these blue spruces. I mean, the, the other impulse I have because of the size of these plants would be to bring a professional herborist onto your property and have them take a, a look and have okay. them see they there are ways to encourage one of those branches to become the new leader and that's using a little a piece of bamboo stake and back to the bondage idea yeah. getting out your twist ties and and literally sending that branch whatever is, is yeah. looking like the one that is going to be the most obvious one to become the new leader and and starting it straight up as opposed to set, you know sending off in some kind of a diagonal so you want okay. that but if a plant isn't really healthy, like if it's struggling, I mean, maybe that's partly what's going on. Is it struggling anyway? And I'm wondering if it might not be a bad idea to get a professional opinion on what to do first to get this plant super healthy. And then you're in a much better position to start modifying its its growth habit. Okay. okay. Maybe I'll have to do that then. Yeah. That'd be my impulse. Or like, you know, get that ladder out. Get that, not now, wait a month or two, but get outside with the ladder and the bamboo pole and a little bit of, not not twist tie, something that will stretch a bit, nylon stocking, you know, piece of pantyhose, that sort of thing. And you're going to do some wrapping of a straight bamboo stake and your new leader together with something that breathes and stretches. Okay, so you think I should push it up from underneath, or should I be pulling it from the top like there's a fence? I can tie it to a fence. 
Mm, I wouldn't do any pulling. What you're okay. going to try and do is, yeah, it's you know, it's a little, it's a little hard to explain on the radio and, and also not seeing it. But what you want is you want to encourage one of those branches to run straight up as close to the center of the plant as you can. So, yeah, you're going to do some bending of that branch. You're going to affix your bamboo pole to your main trunk, and you're going to try and send that branch up into the sky as the new leader. Okay. Should I be trimming off the brown parts? Hard to say, but probably, because they're going to fall off anyway. Like, okay. it, like I say, it's a bit hard to say because it's a bit hard to envision what's really going on there. Um, right, right, but right. you don't hesitate. Certified Arborist, ISA.org, International Society of Arboriculture, .org. Okay then, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> That's Thank great, Clark. Much. Thanks yeah. for your call, Clark. Love Good luck. <laughs> Pardon me. I love blue spruces. Oh, oh so gorgeous. Well, particularly on days like today, yep. right? They're just so graceful. And, and uh, actually, Clark brought up a great... Uh, idea for me to plug the fact that he said, you know, he listens to the show and even though it might not pertain to him now, mm. later on, he, you know, remembers what you say and so forth. So mm-hmm. Best way to do this, my friends, is to go to our podcast uh, of all the garden shows that are uh, available to you mm-hmm. by going to uh, AM740's main website, the, the webpage, and just click on podcast and yep. there there's the, the garden, garden show and, and you can select any week you like. years worth of yeah. garden shows and you can go back and listen and to last week's or five weeks ago whatever. and you don't need an ipod to listen to a podcast that's right it's <laughs> such a silly name podcast all you need is a computer that's right and with speakers right you're just going to sit and listen on your computer basically okay uh, well we mentioned that, uh, that blue spruce is a lovely tree so is a maple tree and that's i think the subject that siva wants to uh, talk to you about good morning siva welcome to the garden show Morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have a lovely maple in my yard. I don't know how old it is, but it's old. And last summer, I saw all these black ants. They were running up and down the tree, and I couldn't imagine it was the first time it happened. Huh. But on examining the tree, these darn bugs were eating the bark on my tree. Mm. So I have now a lot of limbs on the tree that have been eaten out, you know, and it's beginning to crack and move away. And last week there was a lady who was talking about her tree, mm-hmm. which was losing the bark. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe the, they're called carpet ants, I was told. Oh, carpenter. Carpenter ants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've been eating my tree alive. Okay, but just to be clear, um, ants don't eat live things. No? No. Ants are, believe it or not, some of the most amazing little housekeepers around. They eat dead stuff. They are, that's the dead animals, like dead insects, yeah. uh-huh. and they eat dead um, vegetation. So if you're finding that chunks of bark are going missing, those chunks of bark were already dead. And carpenter ants are famous for living in wood, but again, they don't live in live wood. They live in dead wood, and that's why, you know, sometimes people have window frames that are made out of wood. I know. And carpenter ants will make a nest in that dead wood of that window frame. And so that's likely what's happening. Now, carpenter ants are a very specific-looking ant. Yeah, they're the big black ones. Well, they actually aren't as big as you think. Um, there is, at Guelph, there's something called the Pest Diagnostic Clinic. Uh-huh. 
Okay. What I would suggest you do, and I will, I will announce this later in the show. It, when, once we get to spring and things start melting, what you should do is you should trap a couple of these ants. You're going to tra- just trap them in a jar. Uh, okay. You know, baby food type small jar. Mm-hmm. You're going to stick them in the freezer so that you don't, they don't get squished, but okay. they die. They're going to die in your freezer. Then you're going to either drive or mail those ants to the pest diagnostic clinic. They're going to tell you what kind of ants they are. Okay. And then you're going to be in a position to figure out what to do. But in the meantime, if you have seen damage to the tree and you're concerned that the ants are contributing to the problem, again, I go back to the International Society of Arboriculture because ants are very tough to eliminate from anywhere, right? You don't ever kill ants. You just herd them to a new location. And if they're quite ensconced in your tree, there could be a bunch of dead wood in the tree that needs to be dealt with in order to make it an unfriendly environment for the ants. Mm -hmm. The problem was I had never noticed it before, and I always check my trees. Yeah. And I didn't see the the problem. And then after noticing the ants going up and down, then I realized, so... Well, that's it. You you know, and that's great that you do check your trees, because we all need to always be... I always say, you know, visit your garden, right? Yeah, I do love that. Yeah, make it part of your day, going out to just take a look around, see how things are looking uh, in terms of the health of them, and the leaves aren't curled, Mm. and strange insects aren't climbing up and down our plants. And if they are, then yeah, let's figure it out. All right. Um, but okay. uh, I, like I said, I'm going to... So you're saying it wouldn't be the ants eating the tree? No. No. No, the tree may have something wrong with it, and the ants are taking advantage of it is All likely right. what's going on. Okay, man. So, yeah, so again, that's why I say think about an ar- arborist, mm-hmm. a certified arborist on the property to help you eliminate the ant problem by fixing the tree. Mm-hmm. I had shown a gentleman, actually, who came to plant a tree in the front of my yard, and he looked at it and he said it was fine. So and okay. he was an arborist. Oh, good. Okay, okay great. All right. Well, good thank to you, Sheba. Thank you kindly. Thanks. Bye-bye. You bet. Have a, have a wonderful weekend. And as we uh, like to extend that wish to everybody, and we have to take a little bit of a break right now, but Charlie Dobbin will be back. Some really great questions this morning. And I must say I am constantly amazed at the wealth of knowledge that you have in your little noggin. <laughs> and I it's say not that little, little. noggin. <laughs> okay, we're, we'll back. we're back in just a couple of moments here at AM740, The Garden Show, after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Nice to be with you this morning, uh, Charlie, and uh, a lot of great questions I know, in. like all over the map. There. Yeah. So I just showed you, I googled carpenter ants, and what oh did gosh. we just see? Yeah, it, they do not eat wood. They only... Well, they uh, eat dead wood. They, they don't eat live but, yeah, wood. Don't, not, and not they nest wood. in dead wood, preferably yep. dead, damp wood. Yeah. That's where they and build their nests. They're big-looking guys. Well, I mean, th- those were big images. Well, you, you, you blew it up. If the whole screen was nothing but a big ant. My God's going to carry me away. I know. Frank's okay. going to have bad dreams tonight. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, uh, we've got a line open, I do believe, at 416-360-0740. And if you're any, anywhere outside the uh, area of Toronto, uh, you can get to us. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. But let's go to Judy, who uh, I think Sunderland is on Highway 7A. Is that right, Judy? That's right. We're, we're north, yeah. Right. Okay. Welcome well, to well, the show. I'm sorry? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I can't hear you very well either. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Something going on today. All right. I'm going to yell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a very tiny orchid. It's in a pot that's only about an inch and a half in diameter. Mm-hmm. 
and has five lovely little flowers. But they're soon going to die, and I have little tiny roots coming out the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I'm figuring when the flowers are gone, I should be transplanting it into so, a slightly larger pot. Yeah, it sounds like it. But I've gone to two garden centers and been gave, given two answers <laughs> as to which kind of pot it should go in. One said a clear one, so liking at the roots. The other said an earthenware. Uh, Hello? Hmm. Yep, yeah, no, no, I'm listening. Oh, okay. So I, I was wondering... Um, which, which is, guess, which kind uh, of well, it's a great question, actually. I don't know that there's a definitive answer, and if there is, I don't know what it is. Because I have orchids in both at home. <laughs> I have them in clear and I have them in ceramic. Uh-huh. And I can see the argument for the clear because the roots, but you see, the roots grow out the top anyway. Yeah. And yes, they do get that, they have like a silver skin on them, but the growing tip is quite green. And so there is, they do use the sunlight for photosynthesis. And that, see, I personally would go with, with something that's uh, ceramic or clay, but okay. typically we think of orchid pots as being, sometimes they even have extra holes in the sides. Oh, okay. Right? So there's not just a regular, I'm just, uh, if you go to your computer, like I'm just showing Frank, see some of the mm-hmm. holes in these pots? Oh, and yeah. It's all about aeration, getting uh-huh. air into the plant. So a regular ceramic pot can work, but one that's got extra holes, like look at Even that. Even on the sides. Classic. Yeah. See, orchid essentials. See those, there's drainage at the bottom, but then there's almost like drainage holes around the sides of the pot okay. at the bottom as well. Yeah. Because drainage is absolutely imperative, that they must be able to breathe. It's a whole gas exchange and moisture gas exchange dance that you do when you're watering orchids. Mm-hmm. So if you can go to a garden center and get an actual orchid pot, that would be good, as opposed to just a regular terracotta one. Okay, that'd okay. be great. And then when I do cut it, do I take the, the entire stem off the, when the flowers are dead right down, or do I leave part of it up? As long as it's green, leave it there. Only remove the, whatever's brown. Oh, great. Because I've found that if you take that green stem down too soon, you can actually lose the ability to get some flowers that were coming. Because those stems are so funny. They'll send little branches all over the place. Yeah, I have little branches off it, yeah. but yeah, they, they don't have anything on them, just the bare branches. And that's okay. When it, as it's browning, you that's when you'll remove it. But as long as it's green, let it be. Great. Okay. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Thank Judy. You. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. And a little reminder, you are listening to The Gardening Show. Okay. The Garden Show. The Garden. Uh, yes, with, oh, Charlie, you wanted to slip something in here, did you? May yeah. I? Yeah, of course. Your show. Mm. Mm, good. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, just I mentioned, meant to mention that on March the 3rd, this coming March the 3rd, at 8 o'clock, the Richmond Hill Garden and Hort Society is holding their general meeting. They meet at the McConaughey Center at 10100 Young Street in Richmond Hill. This is an interesting uh, meeting that they're holding because it's all about you. You, the, I was going to say the showgoer, you, the meeting goer, are going to be in control of the meeting because it's going to be all about questions and answers by the members asking each other questions and answering each other's questions. Wow. So there's no one expert going to give any kind of a talk. It's, it's the expertise of the members sharing it amongst themselves, which is great. That's that really good. That's happening again when and where? March the 3rd, McConaughey Center, 10100 Young Street in Richmond Hill at 8 o'clock in the evening. And it's a, a great group, so certainly uh, worth attending if you can get there. Okay. Well, you know, in the last uh, most several weeks, we've had a fair amount of snow. A little bit came down today. Nothing, though, to compare with what happens in Buffalo, where <laughs> our next li- listener is from. Christina, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Lots of snow for you guys. I'd like to send it up north. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you would. Yeah. 
<laughs> I have a question about an amaryllis. Uh-huh. I have an amaryllis that I that I bought, and it's growing. And recently there was a picture of an amaryllis from the uh, uh, conservatory here in Buffalo, and it had no leaves. Oh, I'm just... wondering, should I be cutting those leaves? No, no. So you saw a picture where the it was just the um, flower stalk, right? Flowers, but no leaves. No leaves. Okay, but those. What's happening in that case is that the flower did a big jump start out of the bulb, and you know desperately wanted to flower, but leaves will come, okay, and they will not be cut off. You've got to let the leaves happen. Okay. Most of us find that the leaves and flowers come at roughly the same time. So the flowers shooting up the center and meanwhile leaves are growing or a flower comes and goes, leaves emerge and then another flower comes and goes. So there's sort of different ways that amaryllis can present themselves. But either way, let the leaves grow because they are fattening up the bulb for next year's flowers. I see. Right. Okay, that okay. was my question. Okay. Well, thank Good. you for joining us. Here. Thanks right. for calling. I enjoy your show every week. Thank oh, you. Thank Stay you. warm. I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we can warm up by shoveling that six feet of snow just outside your window. Well, my just God. talking about gardening can yeah. warm us up. Think how we felt. Yeah. Remember the orchid show? That's how right. That was like a tropical environment we stepped exact into. All that fragrance and beautiful flowers oh, and mosses. Well, and Speaking of orchids, uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to take Helena. a little bit. Yes, Helena has a question about or- orchids, and uh, we'll get to that in just a moment or so. First, I did want to delve into uh, the other product that Sierra Sil uh, produces, and uh, last time we were talking about the pills, but this time around, I'd like to kind of center on their analgesic tropical spray. Tropical. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> tropical spray. Well, it almost sounds we tropical because, tropics on uh, mind. you know, it, it has several active ingredients that are nature's great pain relievers like well aloe vera uh, eucalyptus lavender it's that's a wonderful plant fresh sweet floral, floral yeah soothing Pe- and refreshing yep. peppermint oil and rosemary oil mm-hmm. and all of these uh, combined with the active ingredient in Sierra Sil itself Provide. is used in this spray if you've got you know sore aching muscles okay just you know spray uh, on your back, shoulders, wherever you're, you're hurting. And that is, is just a wonderful thing. And uh, I've said it once, I'll say it again. You're going to smell just like a fell out of a pine tree, my Even friends. though there's no pine <laughs> there's in no there. Pine in there. But, <laughs> but it is it a does gorgeous smell. Provide quick relief of yep. pain. So yep. that's, that's that muscle pain. That's Okay, so we take our pills, our Sierra Sil pills, before we go out to shovel to keep our joints working. Yep. Then we get out our spray for after we shovel <laughs> right. for the sore muscles. You've got the there's, whole idea right there there's the order. in a nutshell. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much, Charlie, for the uh, hand. More information, one eight seven seven joint 14 uh, or check them on the web, sierrasil.ca. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Or the undergardener. I'm the undergardener. Yes. yes, way, way down there. Yes, yes. Alrighty. <laughs> I want to introduce you, uh, Charlie, to a mm-hmm. lovely lady who lives in the township of Amaranth, mm. which, by the way, lovely. was incorporated in 1854. And the town is actually named after the plant Amaranth. And Helena is one of roughly 4,000 people 
who live and you've in done your research areas. clearly. Well, yes. yes, I have. <laughs> Hello, Helena. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. I men- you mentioned uh, earlier in the show that you take a bucket of water and put your orchid in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I have six orchids. Mm-hmm. Can I use the same water yep. for all six? Absolutely. Okay, I wasn't too sure about that. And does the bark not go to the top? You have to hold it down with your hand, I suppose. Well, yeah, some of the bark, particularly the really um, superficial dry bark, will float. Mm -hmm. But main thing I do is I just keep the plant underwater till all those air bubbles have stopped rising to the surface. Then when I take the plant out, I scoop the bark out that's floating around and pop that back on top. Okay, good. Good. I wasn't sure if I could use the same water. Yep, for sure. And you know what's the other thing is we're at that time of year, you could be adding some fertilizer to that water. Oh, okay. So I don't have to fertilize afterwards nope. after I water. Oh, nope. that's even better. And so, and what Frank and I have been doing, because we're into this whole idea of immersing plants mm-hmm. into pots of water, is put the fertilizer in the water, let it sit, obviously, for at least 24 hours, use it for your plants. There, there's still water in the pail. Just put it somewhere safe, and next time it's time, like a week from now, same water, oh, okay. dunk your orchids. Do I put more food in it, more fertilizer in it? No, no, because it's still got the fertilizer that you put in okay. last week. Until it's gone and until you've, maybe you have other plants and you'll just empty the pail into your other plants. Okay. But if you don't, then just keep using that, that water as it is, okay. as long I as you've got it. I also use, uh, and we have reverse osmosis, I use that water, is that okay? That's fine, yep. Okay. Avoid soft water, but you're okay with reverse osmosis. Okay, so I know we have the a well. Oh, yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah. I have the heart, the softener in the hot water, but not the cold. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah we never want, yeah, so you don't want to use hot water on your plants ever. No. You only want to run cold water and then let it come to room temperature. Okay, great. Thank okay. you so much. You're very welcome. Great Alrighty. Show. Thank you. Well, Thanks. nice nice to have you join the show. And uh, we have another caller online Bye-bye. right now from uh, Angus, Ontario. And, and Marcia is a first time caller. Marcia, listen up. This is for you, my love. There. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, my question is, I, uh, I last spring I bought two little uh, pyramid cedars. Mm-hmm. They're about four or five feet tall. And um, this winter, my deer, I live in the country, mm-hmm. and the deer have nibbled the um, cedar leaves. Well, yeah. I don't know, leaves? Yeah, they are leaves. Yeah, fronds, leaves. Um, off the middle part of it, so I have a little tuff of green at the top and then there's some at the bottom now should i should i just cut it down or not now well i mean i not now but yeah. when in in the springtime probably uh i mean unless you want to i mean the deer have started something quite ornamental there potentially for you you could turn those into pom-pom type shapes well, <laughs> well, there's a plan. <laughs> right? Like, they're starting yeah. something there. You could just work with it. Oh, you know, okay. So you have well, the green they, at the I bottom. Mean, the you know, area is the about, naked um, and then we're about two feet that they've um, chewed away on me. Wow. So they're short deer, eh? They're chewing right in the middle. Yeah, right in the middle. I'm surprised right they're chewing up at the yeah. top. Now, I've seen um, some of the deer, and it's, uh, there's a mother and her, uh, her twins from... Um, Last spring. Uh, that's who's the short ones, are the little guys. Uh, the little guys, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, keep in mind that this is going to continue to happen, though. I mean, this isn't going to ever really go away. No, well, I've put corn out for them, so okay, good. hopefully they'll leave Distract. the corn and... Uh, leave the trees alone, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like that. The, uh, leave my cedar plants that are looking quite um, odd. <laughs> I bet. So, so you can either work with the oddity and turn it into something quite interesting, or as you suggested, come spring, like June, we're talking early June, mm-hmm. 
just take off wherever they you know wherever it's been chewed mm-hmm. up you know and above gets okay, taken so, off so and shape the leaves won't come back in that area where they've chewed chewed them off they may may but it'll never look right it'll always be odd right you'll always have a, a pom-pom on top okay okay <laughs> Thanks for thanks for the question, Marcia. Appreciate it. And uh, good um, visual yes. too. I like that. Uh, next time round, it's a second time caller that will be calling you, and we do have one more call. Uh, can we, we squeeze can it, it in? Fast. Well, let's let's do our best here. Lisa is online. First time caller too from Mississauga. Hi. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Welcome. Um, we're going to be putting in a garden at the front of our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just grass there now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go down about a foot. And because it's clay soil and dig it all out. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking of just a basic um, triple mix to go in there. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if there's anything else we should do because it's a first-time garden. Yeah, I mean, it, if you can get good quality triple mix, okay. keep in mind that triple mix, the three things in triple mix are manure, soil, and peat moss. So if indeed that's what you're getting when you're buying your triple mix, you should be fine. Okay. But if you say, eh, this doesn't, I, I think we need something a little, a little more oomph on that, get some extra manure and, and do a little incorporating of extra manure with your triple mix. Okay, excellent. Okay. Thanks for your call. Gotta let great. you go. Yeah, we're, <laughs> right. we're Good luck with that. Our, we're fresh Call us again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Gee, it's been a fun show this morning. A lot of great questions. I know. Just, and I like all it so much. over. We've been yeah, all over yeah. the, the two countries and all over the province. You got it. You so got thank it. you, everybody. Great questions. Keep them coming. We like that. Frank, you, as usual, have been wonderful. And thank you to Justin. And Justin, he did a job. fine, fine job. So take it easy, everybody. See you again next week. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations, including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.